The Holy Ghost came to make you bigger than you thought you could be. And so God has given us power. Would you just say that with me? Power. That's a good word because that's a biblical word. And you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He gave you supernatural ability to exercise life outside of limits. You are walking in a limitless life. The limits of your life are what you choose to agree to. The limits of your life are what you choose to agree to. No one can make you small. No one can limit you. No one can put you in a prison of your past. Nobody can make you not believe God. All doubt must be agreed with. Ah, I'm going to walk this thing. All doubt must be agreed with. Doubt cannot stop you if you don't agree with it. But if you agree with doubt long enough, doubt becomes the limit of your existence. You are held captive by what you agree with. Mm. And you are set free by what you agree with. Your faith determines the limits of your life. Yeah. You can live as strong as you want. You can be as small as you choose. Your faith determines your destiny. I choose to believe God. I choose to believe. When it's difficult, I choose to believe. When I don't know how it's going to work out, I choose to believe. When I don't know where the money's coming from, I choose to believe. When there's pain still in my body, I choose to believe. If everybody likes me, I choose to believe. If I ain't got no friend but Jesus, I choose to believe. When nothing is working out, I choose to believe. When it's all going good, I choose to believe. My faith is my choice. So if you don't make a choice every day to believe, choose you this day whom you will serve. Every day you got to wake up and say, I'm going to choose faith today. If you don't choose faith, you already chose doubt. Ah, Because not making a choice is a choice. (laughs) Some of us are living small in a big faith. Living small. You know, the ocean is really limitless. When you talk about the ocean, two-thirds of the earth is covered by water. You can go from water to water, coast to coast, going around the earth, traveling by the oceans. The oceans touch each other. Land sits in the middle of water. Water does not sit in the middle of land. The land masses have been sitting in the middle of the oceans. Why is that important? Because many of us live like we're trapped on an island. Instead of thinking about the water as the pathway from one location to another. Faith is the water around you. Your choice is the island you live on. And you live where you let your faith land. So if the place you're living is too small, get in the ocean of faith and move to the next location. You can go from glory to glory and faith to faith. You can go from level to level and choice to choice. I refuse to die in the middle of possibility. I refuse to be held hostage by somebody else's low belief because I've decided what they said is the limit of what I can have. You got to learn how to not let people hold you captive to their measure of faith. Just because everybody around you don't believe don't mean you can't. 
Oh, you got to make a choice. You got to make a choice. What made people great in scripture? And I'm not going to be long. I, I believe I'm not. I'm, I hear unbelief. I hear doubt in the room. I hear doubt already. I ain't even read a scripture and I hear unbelief. What is this? <laughs> you have to make a choice. The thing that made, we talk about Jabez, the promise of Jabez, the blessing of Jabez. A little book was written. I don't know how you write an entire book on two verses, but amen. But uh, you, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Jabez prayed a simple prayer and his prayer was this. Oh God, bless me indeed. Put your hand upon me. Let no evil come near me. Keep me from harming others. And bless me greater than those around me. And God said something amazing. God said because he had the faith to ask for something that his brothers wouldn't ask for. God is waiting for somebody to have enough faith not to be a statistic. Everybody in his generation had decided I will be what they have said I can be and I will live at the limits they have put around me. Nobody in his family asked for anything. His brothers were content to live at the level of their life. And one man in one family in one nation said, I'm tired of living at the level everybody says is normal. I'm going to ask God for something nobody's asked for so I can be something I've never seen, so I can do something I've never done, so I can walk in my destiny. I don't care what anybody else has faith for, but my faith says, God, if you're listening, bless me like you're listening to me. I need you to put your hand on me. Mess up my life. Use me to bless somebody else and keep the devil off me long enough for me to reach my future. That's what Jabez said. Keep the devil off me. So I can walk in my destiny. And while I'm walking into destiny, don't let me hurt nobody like people have hurt me. And God said, I've been waiting for somebody to pray that kind of prayer. I've been waiting for somebody to say, I know everybody else got a business, but give me a business that'll break the back of poverty. I want to be blessed like that. I know other people got kids, but show me how to raise my kids so they all prophesy and walk in the anointing of God and they change lives. I know everybody getting their education, but teach me how to learn with the wisdom of Solomon so that I can build something you can indwell and change society. Everybody writing a book, but show me how to write a book that'll change the minds of a generation. Bless me. And God said, I've been waiting for somebody with enough faith to call for something they've never seen. Praying for what everybody else prays for. Don't take no faith. I'm just going to talk for a minute. Then I'm going to read a scripture. I promise. But the reason God has not answered some of us was because you stole somebody else's prayer. You heard a good prayer prayed in a meeting, went home and said, I'll pray that for me. And God said, I can't answer that for you because that's not your destiny. They prayed something that stirred your emotion. It stirred your mind. But your destiny is greater than the prayer you heard prayed. So I got to wait until you get dissatisfied with the level of your life. I got to wait till you get fed up living at medium. 
I got to wait till you get tired of being surrounded by almost kind of people, almost blessed, almost anointed, almost victorious. I got to wait till you look at your family and say, y'all not going to be my future. You might have been my past, but I'm going to build something you ain't never seen. So God is waiting on us to get sick and tired of living at normal. God said, if you ain't tired of living at normal, you can't walk in super. How, how is God going to give you supernatural if you satisfied with natural? How is God going to give you mountains if you okay living in valleys? How is God going to give you a palace if you are all right in the pit? You got to get dissatisfied. There's got to be a Holy Ghost rebellion in your belly where you start saying, this can't be my future no more. If God said it's mine, I'm going after it until it's living in my house, until I'm living in the blessing, until I'm sleeping in a bed in a house I didn't build by people I don't know, because that's the promised land. I'm going to give you houses you didn't build, vineyards you didn't plant. I got to take you somewhere you've never been so I can give you what you've never had because you're bigger than where you've been. Oh, I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I came to preach tonight. Hey, I feel the Holy Ghost. And God begins to call us. I'm telling you right now. 85% of this is the Holy Ghost. The other 15 is keto. I'm in ketosis right now. I've been eating right. I've been exercising. I feel my strength. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, the anointing is good. But when you get your health right, woo, you feel him now. Yeah. Listen, I've learned half of what's been happening to me lately is when the Lord said, if you get your diet right. You're going to feel the anointing in ways you've never felt in a long time. I'm just talking for real. Some of us can't move with God because we can't even master what's going in our mouth. So I was sluggish and feeling slow. And the Lord said, what we were talking about today, fasting. I began to fast and pray and get some stuff up out my house. And all of a sudden, God started talking clearer. I said, Lord, your voice is clearer. He said, my voice ain't clearer. He said, your mind is clearer. <laughs> the Lord said you couldn't hear me for all that sugar messing with your brain yes I'm talking about real real now someone has to ask for something that nobody's ever asked for I say to some of you right now you've got to make a plan what God has spoken to you, you have to start planning toward it, looking toward it, envisioning it. It's got to be the language that comes out of your mouth. Write the vision, make it plain that they that read it may run with it. You can't run till you read and you can't read till somebody writes, but I can't write till you make it plain. So if it's not out of your spirit, we can't move forward with you. Don't you know I can't agree with a plan you've never verbalized? Lord, why has the promise not come to pass? Because we have nothing to agree with. You've never told us what's in your spirit. We've never heard the plan. But the moment you verbalize, you start talking, you start putting it together, God starts moving people around you to agree. 
then the agreement leads to momentum. Now momentum leads to breakthrough. Breakthrough gives you authority. Authority gives you territory. Territory gives you legacy. Legacy produces greater inheritance. So you're now producing for three generations because you finally opened your mouth. Mm. So God is saying to some of us, you've got to open your mouth. You got to start saying what God has spoken to you. You got to start believing for what nobody else will believe for. And you need to know your pronouncement will not produce your destiny. It will produce your warfare. Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're going to walk tonight. When you begin to pronounce, announce, prophesy what God has put within you, that's when your warfare begins. Because the enemy had no reason to pay attention to you. You wasn't no threat to the devil. There's six billion people on the planet. The devil is only one dude with a whole lot of people, imps and demons around him. He can't fight everybody, so he will leave you alone till he hears something anointed on your lips. When he hears you say what God said and he recognizes there's another one that believes him, I got to back them up before they walk into their destiny because they will tear down my kingdom in places not yet taken because when they manifest what's in them, it's God's kingdom taking authority on earth. So a quiet mouth is an easy life. Yeah. So for some of us, we go, well, I don't have much trouble. You ain't said nothing. You, pro you produce nothing that makes the devil nervous. But if you start saying what God put in you, warfare begins. Now, let me help you. The warfare is already accomplished in Jesus. You are already victorious. This doesn't mean be afraid of the enemy. It means be ready for the enemy. So you need to know when you announce where you're going and what's in you, the opposite is going to try to find you. When you say God is going to bless you financially, I promise you, within a few weeks, you might lose your job. Your money might dry up. Somebody's going to need to replace a tire on a car. Somebody's going to have a problem. Why? Because whatever comes out of your mouth, God heard it, but the enemy heard it too. So the enemy has, I've got to get them to doubt their own prophecy. So I'm going to put a cycle of reverse in front of them to make them disbelieve what God said. Because I cannot stop God from blessing them, but I can convince them to speak doubt out of their own mouth. And if I can get them to doubt what they already prophesied, your last word will kill your previous pronouncement. You can kill your own blessing by talking opposite to what God already said. So the enemy knows he can't stop you, so he'll just work on you to get you to talk, make you start talking crazy. Now, we got too many saints talking opposite to their prophecy. Once God makes you a prophecy, once he makes a promise, once he declares over you, once you say what God said, you must now, David said it this way, I have made a covenant with my lips that I will not speak perverseness. That word perverseness means the opposite of what God has promised. 
perverseness in that scripture is not pornography, illegality, lying, or immorality. Perverseness in that scripture is the opposite of the word of God. David said, I've made a covenant with my lips that once I say what God said, I'll not let the opposite come out my mouth. If God say I'm healed, I'm going to say I'm healed till the day I die. If God said I'm blessed, I'm going to speak I'm blessed. I'm not going to say I'm broke looking for a blessing. I'm a blessed man waiting for a check. You got to learn how to say the right thing out of your mouth. I'm an owner waiting for a building. Ah, yeah. I'm an influencer waiting for an opportunity. You've got to learn how to say what God says until it shows up. Because the enemy will try to convince you in your mind and in your soul to let your current situation become your loudest conversation. And when you talk about where you are right now, you'll forget where you're going. Ah, you keep talking about what's happening around you, talking about what you don't have, talking about what's going on. Everybody in your world is in your situation with you. They don't need to hear you agree with the calamity. They need to hear you prophesy the answer. So you've got to say what's coming or it can't find you. You got to speak where you're going or you'll never end up there. Oh, my Lord. Is this helping anybody? So God says, I'm waiting for somebody to open their mouth and declare the word of the Lord. God waits. He waits. He waits. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures. Then we're going to be done. We're going to be done. I promise I'm going, I'm going to finish early tonight because I've got butter pecan ice cream in my future somewhere. Yes, yes. I've been eating without sugar for a while. I feel like I, well, no, I had ice cream today, didn't I? The devil, the devil, the devil. Lord have mercy. God just, God brought it back to, the Holy Ghost said, don't tell that lie, you ate ice cream. I'm like, oh, Lord. All right, Lord, I hear you. That means none tonight. All right. Exodus chapter two. <laughs> yes, Lord. You know, if you tell the truth on yourself, can't nobody else lie on you. <laughs> Exodus chapter 2. Today being Pentecost Sunday and the Lord talked to us this morning about the power of the Holy Ghost. There is nothing greater in your life after you have received Jesus as Lord and Savior than receiving the Holy Spirit and the infilling of power that God gives you from heaven. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. God is one God, but he has existed eternally as three. God the Father, he is the revelation of truth. He is the revelation of righteousness. In the old covenant, God made known to us the righteousness of his own will by the Father dealing with Israel. Everything in the old covenant is a revelation of righteousness. Jesus now shows up and he gives a revelation of peace. He says, I come to give you peace, not as the world gives, but I give you peace like heaven would give it. He brings peace. He reconciled us back to himself. He was the prince of peace. He was the king of Salem. We understand that because he was Melchizedek in the old covenant. God was the prince of peace. Jesus made it clear that by the shedding of his own blood and his sacrifice, he made peace with us back to God. 
but the Holy Spirit is the revelation of joy. So we have righteousness, peace, and joy, for this is the kingdom of God. The Father shows us righteousness. Jesus shows us peace. The Holy Ghost shows us joy, for he is the revelation of the fullness of the Spirit dwelling in us. He is the joy of God. He is the down payment of the supernatural. He is the first taste of heaven given to humanity. And when he indwells you, he brings into you the full power of heaven at one time. You are not lost. You are not broken. You are not empty. You are carrying heaven's treasure inside your vessel. And you as one person have more power inside of you than all the believers in the old covenant combined because they were not covered by the blood. They were simply excused of their sin. You now are greater because Jesus said one little child in the New Testament is greater than any prophet of the old covenant because the old covenant excused your sin for a year. So the Holy Spirit could not indwell you in the new covenant. He took your sin and forever removed it. So you are just like Christ in bodily form. He has seated you with him in heavenly places. So you in the New Testament have more authority, glory, and power than anyone in the Old Testament if you believe. So when the Holy Ghost came in, he didn't come in just to give you what they had in the old covenant. He came to give you more. He looks at us and says, because our mentality, we have been trained by those who understood the word but didn't understand the fullness of the sacrifice. The fullness of the sacrifice is he died fully in your place that when you received him, you are not an old man with a new promise, that old man died forever and was swallowed up by the blood of Jesus and up from baptism, a brand new person arose. And if you can believe that you are fully made new, then your old life has no power. Your old life only has power because your brain is the same brain it was before you met Jesus, but your spirit is brand new. Well, the supernatural comes out of your spirit, which is why Paul, understanding the power of the covenant, when he encounters Jesus and he knocks him off the beast, Paul had a sudden revelation. Wow, all the stuff I misunderstood of the old covenant now has life in me now that I've met Jesus face to face. So a murderer begins to work miracles in the matter of a few days because his brain suddenly understood the scripture. Many of us have been saved for years but not walking in the fullness of power because we've let our old mind have authority in a new body. And if you don't make your old mind be transformed, your mind is like a teenager that wants what it wants when it wants it. It's like a child that's unruly. It's like somebody throwing a tantrum. You got to spank your brain. You've got to wash your brain with the word. You have to get your emotions and bring them under authority. And when your mind says, well, I know what I used to be and God's not going to move for me. Wait a minute. Let me talk to myself right now. You are not in charge. I am a redeemed man with a supernatural destiny. So brain the word says, and you have to use the word to get your mind back in place. Or your brain will talk so long that your spirit won't activate. You've got to talk to yourself. Speak to yourself. Get your head back in place. Don't let your mind mess up your miracle. Get your mind in order. 
You've got to train your brain. It takes time to train your brain. You can't be a doctor unless you've had eight years of school. You're not going to be a great lawyer unless you've had six to seven good years of school. So why do you think you're going to be a phenomenal man or woman of God and you had no time in the Word? Paul had 14 years apart from those at Jerusalem where he dug back through Scripture and went through the Word. And over those 14 years, they first called him a teacher. Then they called him a prophet. At the end of 14 years, they called him an apostle. Why? Because for that 14 years of digging back through the Word, God retrained his brain. And a man who was born to be an apostle was not called what he was born to be because the process is until your brain gets washed, your potential is not realized. You got to wash your mind so your potential can manifest. The fullness of what's in you will show up on you, but only as you train your brain. Oh, I hope this is helping somebody. And the only way to receive your destiny is to bring your mind into agreement with your spirit. If you don't bring your spirit and your mind into agreement, your will, your emotions, your memory, your intellect, you've got to bring all that under subjection to God. Bringing every thought captive. Bringing down every vain imagination. Recognizing that most of what runs through my head has to be brought in alignment with the word of God. That 80% of what I'm thinking ain't really true. It's assumption and presumption. That I'm thinking people think something that's never crossed their mind. That I'm perceiving stuff in people's actions that's never been real in their heart. That I can assume stuff, facts and evidence that's not been proven. And if you don't train your brain, you'll let your emotion paint a picture that was never real. You will let your past speak into your future. You will walk forward, convinced you're right, but knowing you're wrong. Because your spirit is telling you that ain't right. But your emotion says, trust yourself. And now here we get in a loop of brokenness and failure that we cannot break. And your spirit is full of power. And your soul is full of confusion. And your body is getting weary. And God says, I can't pull you out of the cycle you build until you train your brain. When the Holy Ghost came in, he came in to bring us truth. Now, when the Holy Ghost came in, I'm just talking for another minute. When the Holy Ghost came in, he comes in and the Bible says, now when the spirit of truth is come, John 14, when the spirit of truth is come, he will lead you into all truth. The comforter, the spirit of truth, spirit of life. When he comes in, he will lead you into truth. He will not lead you into what you believe to be true. He will lead you into truth, which means the only way to believe a lie is you have to fight the Holy Ghost. You have to actively resist the Spirit of God to believe a lie. 
That's why many times we're so mad and angry. When your emotion is greater than the needed response, when you're suddenly loud and everybody else is quiet, when you're mad and there's no reason to be mad, when you're yelling at somebody else for what somebody else did to you, that is a sign that your emotions are out of control. What is that really a sign of? That's a sign that you're fighting the Holy Ghost inside you. Ah! Because there's no way you could be that out of control except the Holy Ghost in you said, don't. And you said, oh, yes, I am. So you got to push past God to manifest like that. I hope I'm helping folk tonight. That's why Jesus said, be angry, but sin not. Because if you step into sin, it's the proof that you step past me. Mm. So now God wants to help us. When the Holy Ghost came in on the day of Pentecost, he made them brand new. He took out what life had left in them. He put back on them what life had stolen from them. He reignited what had gone quiet. And he blew out what should have never been there. And he said to them, know ye not that you were designed to carry glory inside your vessel. And suddenly these ignorant, unlearned men sounded like they were wise. They talked like they'd been educated. They spoke like they had been sitting in the council of kings. They began to sound like orators. They were stammering, unlearned men a few weeks ago, hiding from the councils in Rome, running from the Sanhedrin, keeping clear of the Sadducees. But now they stand in the middle of a city saying, let me tell you what's going on. How did you suddenly become bold when you were fearful yesterday and you're speaking clear when you were stammering a few days ago and you're in the middle of the city when you were hiding in a room because the Holy Ghost changed me into somebody I never was before. Ah, if the Holy Spirit really indwell you, he'll make you who you were always called to be, who you really should be, who God knew you could be. That's what the Holy Spirit will do. He'll make a weak man strong. He'll make a lion man tell the truth. He'll make a fearful man bold as a lion. He'll make a man that was running from life stand strong and speak the word of God. He'll make a foolish man sound wise and a crazy man act right. When the Holy Ghost come on you, he'll fix your mind and straighten out your heart. He'll put strength in you and make you an overcomer. When the Spirit of God comes, he empowers you exceedingly, abundantly, above all. I can ask, think, or imagine God empowered me to live a supernatural life. He's calling us to a new level of living, to not live by what you've seen before. But if the Holy Ghost is in you, if the Holy Spirit is on you, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, and you don't think he can make you stop lying? You don't think he can help you love people you don't like? You don't think he can make you show up when you want to run? 
the same one that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. He can make you do the impossible. Oh, and he's indwelling us. He lives on the inside of me. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. If he lives in you, he gives you power to overcome. Yes, there's power in your vessel. Would you just turn to somebody and say, there's power in your vessel. There's power in your vessel. Yes. In your vessel. On the inside of you. In your vessel. There's power in your vessel. Hey. See, when you begin to understand that, that there's power in your vessel, uh, there is an amazing thing that I love. I've always loved science. I love science. You understand that there are two kinds of bombs that, that when they were doing fusion bombs, they began to understand that you could, the splitting of an electron or the collision of a protons and neutrons, how they split an atom. An atom is a tiny thing. It is unseen by the natural eye. It is invisible to you. You cannot touch nor hold it in your hand. You do not know where it is because we are all composed of them. To single out one atom and one electron is something that we cannot even understand with our natural mind. It takes an electron microscope. You are seeing a hundred thousand to a million times beyond what the eye can see. You are looking into an unseen realm. But this tiny thing, a particle of existence, sits in an unseen realm, an electron, a proton, and a neutron, those things that make up every atom. Atoms then go on to make up what we call cells, and cells make up what we call organisms, and organisms is what makes up the universe. And, but you begin to understand that this tiny unseen thing, that when you begin to split it, there is a reaction by something tiny that produces an explosion that can split a city in half by the splitting of something unseen. Huh. The Holy Ghost, I can't see him. I can't figure out whether he's as big as the building or as small as an atom. I don't know in what part of me he dwells, but he sits on the inside of me. But every now and then he begins to get activated and he agitates me on the inside. The anointing begins to move and the fire of God hits me from time to time and God splits my destiny on the inside and something begins to move and move around and increase on the inside and the Bible calls it glory. God calls it power. The old folks called it the anointing. The cruise of God, the oil of God, the power of God, but that unseen power that sits on the inside of me that is too small for me to point to, but too big for me to contain when he begins to move around like an explosion of two small particles, it produces great results. I need you to understand that you can't see what's inside you. You can't put your hands on it, but the Holy Ghost is so powerful. Powerful that when heaven collides with earth, there's an explosion that can move a city and turn a nation upside down. There's power in 
what you carry. When heaven meets earth, there is a reaction. And God will blow the devil up out of a house. He'll blow sickness out of a body. He'll blow a tumor off a spine. He'll blow cancer out of a mind. He'll blow depression out your soul. The reaction of his power when it comes together is God will mess the devil up. And there's power inside of you. Hey! If you know what you carry on the inside of me, sitting down in the recesses of my spirit, whenever God wants to move, he puts a spark of his power and suddenly driving around town, minding my own business, going through the drive-thru. I went down to McDonald's the other night Needed to get myself some chicken nuggets. Hadn't eaten all day and realized I needed to eat. Went down to get some chicken nuggets and some fries. God eats McDonald's fries. There are some fries that need to be respected. And I respect McDonald's fries. They are made with love. Hallelujah. I'm driving down the McDonald's. I get right by the window and I feel an internal combustible explosion of supernatural cataclysmic dimensions. And I'm sitting in the car rolling the window down. And she <laughs> and the woman says, what would you like to order? I said, I just need some McNuggets. Do you want six or ten? Just give me six. And all of a sudden, I'm driving just three car lengths forward. And I'm in the car and I begin to shake. And I'm shaking in the car going, Lord, don't do this to me right now. I said, listen, listen, it's one o'clock in the morning. They're going to think I'm on something. You got to calm this down. As I'm getting to the window... Suddenly I feel the combustion. I feel two forces colliding when heaven hits earth. Like an electron hitting the proton when heaven hits earth. There is a cataclysmic reaction of power when heaven hits earth. And here I am sitting there and all of a sudden I'm shaking in the car. And I'm speaking in tongues and I'm going, Lord, he said, you better let me move. And I'm rolling up to the window, the window's down, and I'm just... I get up to the young lady who took my order, and she says, it'll be whatever, how much ever she said. She said, that's how much, and I said, uh-huh, and I'm handing her the money. And she went, okay. But when she touched the $10 bill, she took the $10 bill, and she went, oh, oh. Now she's stuck taking the $10. And I realized this wasn't for me. This was for her. So while I'm holding the $10, I said, be blessed. She went, whoa. She falls back. She looks at me. She says, what was that? I said, that's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. 
she brings me the McNuggets. As she hands me the McNuggets, she said, I need to know what that was. I said, that's called the power of God. I said, and he sits on the inside of me and he wants to sit on the inside of you. And she says, what do I need? I said, just say this, Jesus, Jesus, touch me, touch me. She starts shaking. I just drive off. Hey, I'm telling we need some Holy Ghost drive-bys. Yeah. The same power that raised up Jesus from the dead sits on the inside of you. Oh, God is asking us, stop being churchy. Stop trying to figure out the right moment. But whenever God begins to move on the inside of you, you got to let that kingdom reaction up out of you. And God's going to shake the atmosphere and begin to move. Wait, wait, wait. I'm almost done, but I got one more for you. I answer my phone. I'm in my house the other day. Bishop Foster will tell you it's hard to get me on the phone most of the time. You can't get me on the phone. I'm in my house working. You can call all day. I'll let stuff go to voicemail for you. Yes, Lord. I'm in my house working and the Lord says, answer that phone call. I answered the phone call and it was a minister I know in another city. He said, I just need to talk to you. Now I've been in my house reading. While I was reading all day long, I kept saying out loud, today is a day for miracles. Today is a day for miracles. Today the Lord shall show himself strong. When I answered the phone, he said, you don't even know what I've been going through. The Lord said, I've had you announcing miracles for the last three hours. You don't need to listen to him. Just start speaking. I said, I command a miracle right now. He said, oh, I heard the phone drop. I said, brother, 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 no answer. All of a sudden I hear, I said, oh, he on the floor crying. I said, pick the phone up, pick the, he gets back on the phone after about five minutes. He said, what in the world? I said, what happened? He said, I was sitting in my chair by my desk. And when you said I command a miracle, he said, I flipped over out my chair, landed on the ground. He said, but when I landed on the ground, my knee that had not been working popped back in place. He said, I don't understand. He said, I didn't even have time to tell you what was wrong. I said, I don't need to hear your problem. I just needed to release the reaction. Ah, it don't matter what enemy is in front of you. If you got a big enough bomb, you're going to kill everything. Some of you need to know you've got inside of you a supernatural kingdom reaction. You need to stop asking what the problem is, how long it's been there, how many troubles have you had. You need to unlock the reaction of power that's in your spirit and blow the devil out the room. There's power inside you. Hey, my God. Hey, inside of you, there is power, there is glory, there is authority, there is anointing inside of you. You are carrying heaven's glory. And the Bible says 
The anointing is the yoke-breaking power of God. You have on the inside of you the anointing of God. Isaiah 10 and 27 says the yoke is destroyed because of the anointing. Inside of you is the yoke-destroying capability. Whatever the yoke, whatever the bondage, whatever the problem, you carry the anointing that destroys that yoke. I don't care how long it's been in your family. I don't care how long it's been on their mind. I don't care how long it's been in your city. You carry yoke-destroying capabilities inside of your mouth, inside of your spirit, inside your worship, inside your prayer, inside your decreeing of the word. There is a yoke-destroying capabilities. When you walk around your house and pray, when I get up in the morning and worship, when I'm driving down the street, I am carrying yoke destroying capabilities when I read the word out loud when I worship God when I pray in the spirit I am carrying yoke destroying capabilities when I grab somebody's hand to agree when I stretch my hand out and prophesy I am carrying yoke destroying capabilities inside of you is the power to break every yoke that the devil has put in your family you need to stop waiting for everybody else to pray and walk around your house and decree in the name of Jesus. Every yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Take your house back. Take your mind back. Take your money back. Take your peace back. Take your body back. Lay hands on your own self and break the yoke by the anointing of God. The Holy Ghost is inside of you. And he has given you yoke-destroying power. Ain't no bondage greater than God's anointing. Ain't no trouble greater than your promise. Ain't no curse greater than the word of God. And if you got a mouth to decree his word, God got power to back up when you speak. And God will manifest on your behalf. Who I'm talking to, but I know as for me and my house, we gonna serve the Lord. Yes. I got victory in my mouth. You got victory in your mouth. And if you will speak, God will break every yoke. Oh, yes, He will. There is no storm the devil can make that God cannot conquer it. There is no trouble God has not already answered. There is no fear you have not already overcome. There is no problem you cannot get through. If you believe what God has given you, stand still and see the salvation of your God. There is power in your vessel. On the inside of you, there is power. Oh, yes, Lord. I, I got to stop. We got to get out of here. But what I know, what I know is God is a mighty God. And because the yoke is destroyed, because of the anointing, the Bible says, I had to write this down earlier. The Bible says they knew Jesus was anointed because he went about doing good, doing good and delivering all of them that were oppressed of the devil. Jesus shows up and says, according to Luke, when we look at Luke, I love this, 418. He said, I am your jubilee. 
He said, for I have been anointed to preach good news, to deliver the captives, to open the eyes of the blind, to set at liberty them that are bound, and to preach the jubilee, the acceptable year of the Lord. I don't know if you understand, but for me, when the Bible says the acceptable year of the Lord, there was a time in Israel called Jubilee. Jubilee was the moment that all debts were canceled, all prisoners set free, your land was given back to you. Jubilee was everything restored. Jesus stood in the midst of Israel and said, do you not understand? That the moment I came to you preaching with power, your jubilee began. That your year of freedom has begun. I need you to understand that when Jesus took up residence on the inside of you, Jesus began to proclaim, this is your jubilee. That you don't need anybody else to loose you from your bondage. You don't need anybody to pay you back your money. I'll bring you money you can know is yours. I'll bring you health you've never understood. I'll give you peace you cannot get rid of. I'll give you joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'll give you houses you didn't build and vineyards you didn't plant. I'll make your enemies become your footstool. I'll make you an overcomer and a victorious one. I'll make you able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that you ask, think, or imagine. Why? Because I have come to give you life and that more abundantly. When Jesus took up residence in you, he gave you the power to break every yoke and to live in the abundance freedom of God. And I'm going to say to some of you, it's time for you to change your mind. It's time for you to start walking around your house like you are carrying Jubilee. It's time for you to start talking like you're not waiting for another blessing. But when you get up in the morning, you need to say today is the most blessed day of my life. Because I and the Lord are walking together. God, I make room for whatever you have for me to come into my house. I thank you that I'm a lender, not a borrower. I thank you I'm the head and not the tail. I thank you I'm above only and not beneath. I thank you in advance that everything you promised me belongs to me. And I bless your holy name. You've got to learn to say what he said. Say it till you see it. Say it till you see it. My God, now, now I got to behave. I got to behave because I, I feel like preaching. If the anointing is on you, yes, Lord, I hear you. If the anointing is on you, I'm going to say this, then, then we're going to be done. We got to finish. We got to get out of here. The Bible says there are three anointings that come to you. Three anointings. The first anointing that comes upon a man is the anointing that brings salvation. Just like David, David was anointed three times. The first time David was anointed, the anointing came upon him. The anointing dripped from the horn that Samuel carried. Where is the king that shall be anointed? David was out there with the sheep and they brought him in and they stood him before Samuel. Samuel tilted over the crews of oil for the oil could not pour upon any of David's brothers. But now the oil began to pour upon the head of David. That first one is where God sets you apart for service. It's the anointing to serve. It's the anointing of salvation. It's the anointing where God sets you apart. That first touch is where God says you belong to me. The first touch is where he separates you. The first touch is where he calls you. But then there needed to be another touch. 
David then went out and began to fight for God and he took down Goliath, took the head off giants, broke down the gates of cities, established the work of God. He was a servant and a warrior because the first oil shows you how to fight. But then there came another touch. The next touch is when David was brought forward and they called him king in Hebron. That second anointing is where God anoints you now with authority. The first anointing you begin to serve. The second anointing you have authority. It's where God now gives you authority to walk in your destiny. You begin to manifest your ministry. You begin to walk in who you are. Suddenly people recognize there's a healing ministry in you. People begin to get saved when you talk to them. You begin to talk to people and their lives begin to change because now you go from service to authority. You begin to rule with God. You begin to manifest your destiny. But the third anointing is when God settles you in your new identity. It's where you rest fully in sonship. It's where now you begin to rule over territories. You go from authority to dominion. Mm. First I serve. Then God gives me greater authority. But then there has to be dominion. Dominion means in this territory, in the place where you work, on the job where you work, you have begun to rule with God. Where your word changes the atmosphere of that whole company. Your word changes the whole street you live on. Your word changes that whole church. Your word brings a revelation and a reformation that where you go, the whole business goes. Where you go, the street begins to move. That when they wanted to move onto your street and begin to sell drugs, you walk down your street and said, not up on this street. No, not here. Not here. I don't know what you're going to do in somebody else's neighborhood, but on this street, this street belongs to God. And suddenly all the trouble left. Why? Because you had king authority on that street. Yeah. David was anointed by Samuel, then anointed in Hebron, but then he was anointed in Jerusalem. That's where his kingdom was made fast. God says, the first time I anointed you, that's when you came to Jesus and he put the oil of Christ upon you. And the devil says, I don't own you no more. And God set you apart for service. And you began to look for ways to serve and to bless and to pour your heart out. Then the second time God began to anoint you, that's when the Holy Ghost took up residence on the inside of you. And he began to give you victory and you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You cast out devils in my name. You begin to work the wonders of God according to Mark chapter 16. But that third time is when God says, now I'm going to give you dominion, sonship. That's when you go from just working the wonders of God to everywhere you go, atmospheres change. Now when you show up, stuff gets right. <laughs> now they call for you to come to the hospital because if you walk in the hospital room, somebody going to live. That's when God has made clear that you are carrying an authority. I say to some of you in this room, you need to know you were anointed the first time already. You came in and God got a hold of you. He saved you, brought you to himself. You were anointed the second time. The Holy Ghost has taken up a residence in you. You're full of the power of God. But there is a third anointing. The Holy Ghost is about to pour on some of our heads an anointing for dominion. Wherever you go, God is going to back up your words and give you power. God wants to make it clear to you and to everything in the atmosphere that when you show up, you're not showing up to play. You're showing up to decree. You're showing up to move stuff out of the atmosphere. You're showing up to speak the word of God. And it shall be whatever you declare. God is bringing you into a season where he wants your word to change the atmosphere. There's a third anointing. 
Oh! And the Lord said to me that tonight he wanted to put on some that third anointing. That's why I came tonight. The Lord said, they've already been saved and they're hearing my voice and they're walking by the Spirit. He said, but I want some of them to leave tonight knowing that they have been transitioned into a place where just like David was king by name, but not by authority, he suddenly became king by authority. There's a lot of stuff been prophesied over some of us. But when the oil finally settles, you don't need nobody else to prophesy it because you suddenly step into the reality of it. I don't need nobody to tell me I'm a prophet. I know I'm a prophet. I don't need nobody to tell me I'm called. I know I'm called. That's not arrogance. I've been convinced because I've been in enough warfare that should have killed me that I survived because what was in me fought for me. Some of you in this room, God has called you and you've been questioning the level of the call and God is saying, stop questioning. Step in to that last anointing and walk in your destiny until you push the devil up out of your territory, until you bring the kingdom into manifestation until souls are transitioned. God is calling you to walk in your destiny. It's your time. It's your season. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you for God has anointed you. Every one of you in this room, Luke 419 is yours because if Jesus is in you, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. For God has anointed you to preach good tidings to the poor. To open prison doors to them that are bound. To open blind eyes. To set the captives free. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. To every person in this room that is born again. The Holy Spirit is calling you. That miracle signs and wonders shall be wrought by your hands. That by the words that come out of your mouth. God shall change times and seasons. That by every footstep you make, you shall take territory. For wheresoever the sole of your feet shall tread, that shall be your ground. For it shall be taken for the Lord. God is calling you now. God is saying, up out of yesterday's low belief. Come into mountain moving faith. Come on and believe for greater. Come on and walk where God puts you with a fresh anointing. Come on and walk into that room this week and begin to let the oil on you change the atmosphere in that room. Come on and talk to them with a new boldness and recognize you're not begging for scraps because you already called the rule. Come on and talk like a king and walk like your own because God is calling you to think differently. And if we'll walk like we're anointed, the anointing will show up. God is already fighting for you. He just needs you to believe it. You're already anointed. You just got to agree. You're already carrying power. Only one don't believe is us. The devil knows you're anointed. That's why he's trying so hard to make you doubt it. God knows you're anointed. He died to give it to you. The only one that don't believe we're truly anointed is us. God said, if you could ever make your mind agree with scripture, you'd never doubt yourself again. Why? Because greater is he that lives in me than he that's in the world. It's not my power, it's his power. And if he's sitting on the inside of me, why am I worried about people? When the king is sitting on the inside, 
Why am I worried about loss and lack when the one that crafted the universe is multiplying for me right now? Why am I worried about sickness and disease when he that built my body is already giving me new life from the inside? Why am I worrying about oppression when God that laughed when there was no humanity, who put a laugh in the belly of Sarah and called it Isaac, who made them laugh in the face of their enemies and called them Israel when they took territory, that made Daniel laugh when they tried to throw him to the lions and the Hebrew boys laugh when they tried to burn him with fire. And you think I'm not going to laugh now? Oh, you got to get your mind right. There's more in you than you know. You got more power than you realize. You got victory you ain't even walked in. And God is calling you, calling you, calling you, calling you. Up out of this room, God is calling you, calling you to your place, calling you, calling you to greatness, calling you, calling you back into ministry, calling you, calling you into destiny, calling you, calling you to heal the sick, calling you, calling you to cast out devils, calling you, calling you to write books, calling you, calling you to write songs, calling you, calling you to travel the world, calling you, calling you to move in signs and wonders. He's calling you. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. God is calling you out of this room, into this city, out of this room, into this state, out of this room, into the nations. God is calling you. No fear can hold you. No lack can stop you. No unbelief can hold you hostage. I tell you tonight as a servant of God, God is calling you back to your greatness. He's calling you to your assignment. He's calling you into your destiny. Shake off all of yesterday. Step into tomorrow. Believe the Lord and he will bless you. He's calling you. My assignment was to stir you tonight to believe that if this same spirit dwell in you, which raised Christ from the dead, he shall also quicken, make alive, fortify, empower life on the inside, your mortal body. Hey. You are an explosion looking for a place to happen. <laughs> hey, there's glory in you. There's glory in you. If you would just believe. Just believe. If you will believe, you shall see the glory of God. That's the promise. If you believe. Do you believe there's glory in you? Do you believe you're carrying the power of God? Then I want us to do something. I want you to turn to somebody sitting right around you. I want you to find somebody to agree with. And we're going to start praying right now for each other. I want you to grab somebody's hand and begin to pray that what they are carrying would be stirred up on the inside. I want you to take them by the hand and begin to pray that God would bless them and empower them and turn loose. We done preached all night that you are carrying glory. And I know focus was waiting. Is Michael going to lay hands? Your hands is just as good as my hands because you carrying glory on the inside. So right now, stir up that glory. Yeah, I pray for my brother and my sister. 
I put my hand in their hand. I put my hand on their shoulder. I agree right now in the name of Jesus that the fullness of what they carry would be stirred in them. That the Lord would unlock the very glory of God inside of their vessel. I pray that the gifts of the Spirit in you would be unlocked. That the power of God would be unlocked. That the Spirit of God would flow through you. May the Lord move for you. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes. Oh, Rabba Babandi Oshkabaya. Kishetababandorobosa Babandi Asi.